1: Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton.
2: Look at verse 23. Thus I will magnify myself and sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations. Then they shall know that I am Jehovah. Right. This is talking about a future invasion that hasn't happened yet. And so when we look at what's happening in Israel right now with Hamas, what is happening in Israel right now, It's not Ezekiel 38 and 39.
1: As we see all these terrible things happening, like the Hamas war in Israel, we stop and wonder if these are the signs of Jesus' return. Are the things happening right now the signs the Bible shows us? Are these events we see in the Bible being fulfilled and lived out? In today's message, Pastor Dan will answer these questions and any other questions you may have about the events going on right now. Having questions is a good thing, but also need to remember that this is all a part of the Lord's plan. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Ezekiel chapter 38 as he continues his message, Biblical Perspective on Israel-Hamas War.
2: 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3, Paul writes to the Thessalonians, Let no one deceive you by any means, speaking of the tribulation period. For that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. So there's going to be a falling away from faith. The falling away, not a falling away, the falling away. And the man of sin is revealed. That's the Antichrist. He's called the man of sin here. He's called the son of perdition, who opposes... And exalts himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. And Paul says, do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? Paul was only in Thessalonica for like three weeks. And he talked about the Antichrist and the tribulation period, and the Antichrist declaring himself to be God But but again, look at what it says. For the Antichrist to sit in the temple as God and declare himself to be God, as it says in verse 4, that means there has to be a temple. There has to be a temple for him to sit in and declare himself to be God. So this requires a temple to be rebuilt. And this is what Hamas is concerned about, that the Jews might rebuild their temple. And many, many Jews today long to have their temple long to have their temple rebuilt. They're ready to begin construction. There's this longing among the Jews to have a, a temple. And Hamas is concerned that the Jews will build their temple someday. And it's 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 striking. It should be striking to us that Hamas is concerned the Jewish people might attempt to build a temple one day, and they're trying to prevent it from being built, something that Daniel wrote about and Paul wrote about thousands of years ago. And Hamas is willing to start a war over this, over this issue. And now, because of this war, Israel is, in, is intent on wiping out Hamas, which will remove a group that objects to the Jews building a temple. So if they're successful, that group's going to be gone. The group that is objecting to them ever building a temple on the Temple Mount. So that's another thing to kind of see going on here with this. Third, which is probably the question I've been asked the most in this week, and that question is, is this the Ezekiel battle? Is this the Ezekiel battle described in Ezekiel chapters 38 and 39? Or how does this relate to Ezekiel 38? And thirty nine. Again, again, I encourage you to go back and listen to those uh, sermons on those chapters. For those of you that are not familiar with the Ezekiel battle, let me just give you kind of a brief overview. So start over in chapter 37 of Ezekiel for me. Ezekiel 37. So here in Ezekiel 37, just as you're turning there, we have one of the most remarkable prophecies in all of the Bible. One of the most remarkable prophecies about the rebirth of Israel as a nation. In Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1, The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. This is the valley of bones. And then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And so I answered, O Lord God, you know. And again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. Now look down at verse 10. He gives us the interpretation. And so I prophesied as he commanded me and breath came into them and they lived And stood upon their feet an exceedingly great army. Verse 11. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord who I have, when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves. He tells us that this is a prophecy about the rebirth of the nation of Israel. And If you don't know, Israel was destroyed as a nation in 70 A.D. And it didn't exist as a nation for 1,900 years until 1948. In 1948... This prophecy about the rebirth of Israel, it was fulfilled. And that's not very long ago. Probably your parents or your grandparents were alive in 1948. And that is when Israel was reborn again as a nation. After not existing for 1900 years, it became a nation again in 1948. The bones, the dry bones came back to life. This is considered by by prophecy experts, this is considered uh, the, the super sign that we're in the last days, the rebirth of Israel. Previous to 1948, no one could say, well, Ezekiel 47 has been fulfilled, or Ezekiel 37 has been fulfilled. But since 1948, Israel exists as a nation again. They're in their land, their own land, for the first time. They are sovereign, independent, Uh, Really, for the first time since the Babylonian, they're sovereign in their own land. So that's chapter 37 of Ezekiel. Chapter 40, you don't have to turn there, but in chapter 40, you have this description of the kingdom age when Christ returns. So in between chapter 37 and chapter 40, you have chapters 38 and 39. Are you with me? Did I lose anybody on that? Right? So you've got the rebirth of Israel, which just happened in 1948. And then in chapter 40, you've got the kingdom age when Jesus Christ comes back. And in between the rebirth of Israel and the kingdom age, you've got chapters 38 and 39. And in chapters 38, 39, there is a description of an invasion of the land of Israel by a coalition of nations. And then God supernaturally intervenes to defend Israel. Twice in chapter 38, God tells us this invasion will be in the latter days. Look in chapter 38, verse 8. After many days you will be visited, In the latter days, the latter years, you will come into the land of of those brought back from the sword and gathered from many people on the mountains of Israel, which had long been desolate. The mountains of Israel are no longer desolate. And they're brought out of the nations, and now all of them dwell safely or confidently. Wouldn't you say that the nation of Israel was dwelling confidently until Saturday? They've as much as admitted that they were caught off guard by this and didn't expect it, but they were confident previous to that. Again, look down at verse 16. Verse 16 You will come up against my people, Israel, like a cloud to cover the land. It will be in the latter days the last days that I will bring you against my land. And so we've got this timestamp in the chapter twice. It happens in the latter days. So this this battle that takes place, this invasion that's, that's described here, it takes place in the latter days, in the end of this current age. And the nations involved in this invasion of Israel are listed by by their ancient names. If you look at verse 1, Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of God, set your face against Gog. Gog is a title, like Pharaoh, of the land of Magog, so that's the ancient name, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal, and prophesy against him and say, Thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against you, O Gog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and, and Tubal. I will turn you around I will put a hook into your jaws. I will lead you out. They're going to get pulled into this. With all your army, horses and horsemen, all splendidly clothed in great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords with Persia. Right? Who's Persia today? Iran. Ethiopia and Libya. So we're talking about North Africa here. Or with them, all of them with shields and helmet. Gomer, that's Gomer Pyle. You guys know him. USMC and all its troops the house of Togarma from the far north and all its troops many people are with you and it goes on to describe this and again uh, I'm not going to go into the details of all the names that are that are mentioned here but the key players that you need to know the key players in this invasion again you can go back and listen to it I go into the detail of all the names in the message but the key players in this invasion of Israel in the last days are Russia, that's the leader, Iran, which is Persia, and Turkey. And this whole thing is led by Russia. And this was written 2,600 years ago. This was written 2,600 years ago, and it predicts an invasion of Israel in the last days that is led by Russia, Iran, and Turkey. Turkey. And nothing like this has ever happened before in history. There's nothing in history that even comes close to an invasion of the land of Israel by Russia, Iran, and Turkey. And then when they invade, God supernaturally defends Israel.
1: You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first... Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth.
2: Look down at verse 21. Verse 21, God says, And I will call for a sword against God throughout all my mountains, the mountains of Israel, says the Lord God, every man's sword will be against his brother. They'll start fighting against each other. There'll be confusion on the battlefield. And I will bring him to judgment with pestilence or disease and bloodshed, I will, look what it says, I will rain down on him, on his troops, and on the many peoples who are with him, flooding rain, great hailstones, fire, and brimstone. I mean, that is Old Testament Sodom and Gomorrah type stuff that God's going to rain down on this invading army when they invade Israel. Look at verse 23, thus I will magnify myself and sanctify myself. And I will be known in the eyes of many nations, then they shall know that I am Jehovah. Right? This is talking about a future invasion that hasn't happened yet. And so, when we look at what's happening in Israel right now with Hamas, what is happening in Israel right now is not Ezekiel 38 and 39. Again, that seems to be the $25,000 question that everybody has. Is this Ezekiel 38? No, it's not Ezekiel 38. Hamas is a terrorist organization. They're not one of the nations listed here in chapter 38. And Hamas is attacking from the Gaza Strip, which is on the coast. Uh, they're not attacking from the mountains because they're, it, this Ezekiel 38, the invasion comes from the mountains. Look at chapter 39, verse 4. Chapter 39, verse 4. You shall fall upon the mountains of Israel. You and all your troops and all the people who are with you, I will give you to birds of prey of every sort, and to the beasts of the field to be devoured. So the invasion described in Ezekiel 38 and 39, it, it is going to come from the north through the mountains of Israel. The mountains are in the north from Lebanon or from Syria. And So what, is, so what about what's happening now with, with Hamas? What you're seeing now... With Hamas and Israel, are what Jesus called birth pains or labor pains, contractions. Contractions, as you know, they grow more frequently and more intense the closer you get to the time of delivery. And what we're seeing right now in Israel is a very big contraction. And what we're seeing right now in Israel could be, maybe, setting the stage for Ezekiel 38. It could be putting the pieces in place according to God's prophetic plan for Israel. I don't know if the war in Israel right now will uh, lead to this Ezekiel 38 invasion, but it, but it may. You may turn on the news one day and see that Russia and Iran have invaded into Israel and come across the border of Syria into Israel. It's not hard to imagine uh, Russia invading another country unprovoked, is it? And it's not hard to imagine Iran wanting to get in on it. And so the players to watch in this whole thing, in my opinion, the players to watch in this current war with Hamas, the players to watch are Russia and Iran and Turkey. In particular, I would say Russia and Iran. Watch what they do. See see which side they are on and how involved they get. We already know that Iran is funding Hamas. I mean, that's, that's, that was reported in the Wall Street Journal this week. So I would watch Russia, Putin. I would watch Iran. And the place to watch is not the Gaza Strip, but the northern border of Israel, the Lebanese border or the Syrian border. Watch what's happening there. We know Russia and Iran, they're already in Syria. Again, that's widely reported. So watch for Russia, Iran. Those are the players to watch. And the place to watch is the northern border of Israel because that's where the Ezekiel 38 invasion will come from. And so, just to kind of wrap this up, I'm sure I've done a thorough job of confusing you. But it gives us kind of a you know biblical insight into Israel and the war with Hamas and and what to look for. So what should we do? What should we do in response to what is happening? Well, there's six things I want to leave you with. Six things that we can do in response to what is happening. Number one, pray. You expected me to say that. (laughs) We should pray. In fact, I'll read a verse to you. It's a verse you may have heard a lot. Psalm 122, verse 6. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls, prosperity within your palaces. For the sake of my brethren and companions, I will now say, peace be within you. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. So pray. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Just this afternoon, uh, before I came to church, I saw that there were Hamas terrorists in the streets of Jerusalem with machine guns just terrorizing the city. So pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Pray for the many people on both sides of this war that they would turn to Jesus Christ, both Israelis and Palestinians, that they would turn to Jesus Christ. So so pray. Number two, trust. Trust. Trust God. Psalm 121, verse 4 says, Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. God's not asleep in heaven. He is not asleep in heaven. Things are falling into place according to God's plan, and Jesus is still on his throne in heaven. He's not worried about this. Jesus is not anxious about this. Jesus is not anxious about what's going to happen tomorrow with the all-ox of flood. He's not in heaven googling the all-ox of flood, trying to figure out what that is. And so we shouldn't be anxious either. Number three, number three, we should look up we should look up. In Luke chapter 21, verse 28, there Jesus said, When these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. He said, When these things begin to happen, he didn't say after they've all completely finished and they're all done, then look up. He said, When these things begin, to happen, Look up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. And these things have begun to happen. So we should be looking up for our redemption to draw near. Jesus is coming for his church. He's going to rescue his bride from this world. So we should be looking up for his return. Number four, we should wake up. We should wake up. Romans chapter 13. I'll just read it to you. Romans chapter 13, verse 11 And do this knowing the time, knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Now is not the time to be playing games as a Christian. Now is not the time to be fooling around with sin as a Christian. Now is the time to wake up and put off the works of darkness and put off the sin and put off the foolishness and walk properly as a child of light, as a follower of Jesus Christ. Number five, number five of what we can do. Be in fellowship a lot. Be in fellowship a lot. In Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, Hebrews ten twenty-four. it says, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching and we see the day approaching. We see the day of Christ's return approaching. And so we should be in fellowship even more than we have been. And number six, finally tell people about Jesus. Tell people about Jesus. This is a great opportunity to tell people about the hope and security that you have in Jesus Christ. I would say the fields are white for harvest right now. And so tell people about Jesus Christ. Share the gospel with people. Offer to pray for people. And I'm sure God will open doors for you and give you divine appointments and divine conversations to share the love of Jesus Christ with people. And Lord we thank you for your word. We thank you for the encouragement that we get and the direction we get from your word and Lord we want to just be looking up, ready, waiting for you, Lord, being about your business. Lord help us to occupy until you come for us. And we pray these things in Jesus name. Amen.
0: He asked me how I know. And I say, bring true sure
1: You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. The message you heard today may have brought up some questions in your mind. If you're wondering about something you heard today, why not give us a call? Our number is 410-491-4592. We'd be happy to talk with you about any questions you might have or to hear about how these messages are challenging you. We'd also love to know about any prayer requests that you might have. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. We invite you to pray for the ministry of Ring of Truth. So many listeners are hearing life-changing words that they don't get anywhere else. It's a great opportunity to reach those who are lost and without hope in the world. So thank you for your prayers as the word is being spread by these messages. If you don't know where to start, try this. We ask that you pray for lives to be changed and that God's kingdom would encourage more souls to join him because of the truth of his word. Thanks so much for listening today and for praying. If you'd like to hear more messages like this one, we encourage you to go to calvaryec.com. Don't forget to join us next time. This pastor Dan will have another great teaching right here on Ring of Truth. I see
0: the signs and I recognize the.